Hey guys, this is Gnarly Canary, uh, welcoming you into the Happy Haven. Uh, thanks for joining in on another episode. This week, uh, we had Eric Larson, creator of Savage Dragon, one of the founders of Image Comics and all-around comic book badass and legend. Uh, unfortunately, Steps couldn't be on with me this week, but we went ahead with the episode anyway, and uh, it was pretty amazing, so check it out and let me know what you think. It was really fun to do it, and I'd like to thank Eric Larson for being such an awesome guest. Enjoy, guys. So, hey, man, thanks for coming on, first of all. It's awesome. I mean, like I said, I've been uh, I've been reading your work um, pretty much since Savage Dragon started. I think I've got one through a butt ton and then, like, some side stories like that one, uh, Savage Dragon versus Megaton Man, which I brought to a comic book store, and the dude was like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a big comic at one point. People actually bought that thing. I know I did. So how's it out in uh, how's it out in San Fran? Uh, it's fine. It's fine. It's it's the usual oh, over overcast and and uh, whatever. California's version of Portland. Yeah, it's it, we're we're near the water, but we, we we're situated in such a way that it's always somewhat a little foggy. I got you. But um, yeah, man. Uh, so, I, I do you have cons going on, or you got anything? Did do you go to a lot of those? I know it's kind of the season. I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter with that. Uh, I'm trying not to. Ah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, the, the, yeah. I mean, I, it's 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 easy to suddenly spend your whole your whole life just doing cons and just doing. Uh, convention sketches and making your living doing commissions i would actually make a better living if i just stopped doing comics all together and just concentrated on that <laughs> but, uh, but i don't want to do that i want to i want to make comics you know right. that's i got this to make comics so i want to continue doing that if i can make it work dude cons look like a crawl i've got uh friends that make um leather and weapons and stuff they actually do some of the costumes for the show spartacus mm-hmm. and man what they have to go through to get ready for a con i couldn't imagine like people who go to multiple ones a year and just slog through that it looks grueling it can be can be i mean it's the thing is it's kind of a it's they're all kind of a drag to some extent, no matter how it goes. Because if you're super busy, then it, then it's frantic, and you're trying to make everybody happy at the same time and be polite as all hell and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I mean, we're, and we're a group who, in, in large, has no social skills because we don't get out. No, um, not much. <laughs> <laughs> and then. And then the other end of that, if it's if it's a show where nobody gives a damn, you you just feel like, why am I here? Nobody loves me. I spent all this time and energy getting all the way over here. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't know I had an ego until you didn't care. Yeah, yeah. It's but, like, uh, I mean, the, the reason why I asked is I saw something go by the other day. I just wanted to get your take on it. Being in the industry, it's it looks like. New York Comic Con forwent their artist alley this year, and they're trying to say it's for renovation purposes, but like 
people are losing their minds, and it brought up the discussion. Um, well, they, they, that is actually true. That is, they're renovating. They're renovating, and we knew that last year that right. that was going to be happening this year. Um, that that's long since talked about. I don't know what that translates into in terms of. Does that mean no no artists are showing up, or does that mean there's not going to be space for anybody? Or Right, but it it brought up the discussion, which I found interesting because I've noticed the trend. I, I'm in Atlanta, and we have Dragon Con, and I remember Dragon Con being well manageable with population, and it actually being about comics and people who love comics. And it brought up the the conversation. Um, you know, has have conventions kind of almost left comics behind and become more about movies and celebrity guests and you know are the comic book fans kind of getting left behind for the sake of the the glitzy hollywood aspect in the culture now of the comic book movie and you know fandoms becoming so big i was just wondering what you thought about that in general with cons if you've seen a shift well it's it depends on the show it varies a lot from place to place some some still are all about comics and pride themselves on being all about comics. I find in general, when, I, when I'm at New York, um, that the people who are coming there do seek out Artist Alley and, and are, are in that area where the artists are with, with some intent. Um, my, but I've stopped going to San Diego because it just seems like nobody gives a damn. And so it's like, you know, if you're just cooling your heels in the Artist Alley area waiting for the Breaking Bad panel, then, you know, I, I, I got to I gotta check out. That's not the scene for me. I was going to say, yeah, that one, more than anything, looks like it's just become, tra- they should just rename it, like, Trailer Fest. Yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't care that much. I just, I don't want to be part of it. Right, and, and and that's all. I mean, I just wanted to see your take on it because I've noticed that in here at Dragon Con, Dragon Con, like I don't even think me and my wife want to go this year. The the number of people pouring in, and it's almost nothing about why I want to go. I'm one of those weird people where sure, I get excited when I see a good trailer, and I do like the fact that the culture seems to have shifted to cooler sci-fi and smarter stuff and comic book movies and this and that but i would honestly much rather if you look at the pictures of stuff i put up on twitter i would much rather meet uh you or a brett booth or a norm ratman or you know like or a jim lee and it just seems like that at least here it's kind of gotten pushed away and then seeing the seeing the, the comments about the New York Comic Con thing, even if it's just for a year, it did have a lot of people saying, you know, in the comic book industry and fans of the comic book side of things that, you know, it, it seems to have gone away from that anyway at a lot of the conventions. So, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, I know I've gone previous years when they had an artist alley, and I've always done very well at the New York show. Um, but like I say, I stopped doing, I stopped doing well in, in San Diego and San Diego is just bringing really no, not much of an effort at all to, to keep the people who come there. 
remotely happy so i'm i'm just like you know what screw this see that's weird because i mean that's like the big one that's the one that all the other ones are modeling after you figured they try to like hold up an example on how to run it well on both ends not just for the you know people coming in to see it but like the people getting them to actually want to be there <laughs> yeah well yeah. It is what it is. <laughs> i don't have any control over any of it so i i just i i've limited time limited uh ability to go to, to you know I, it's like maybe i can go to six or eight conventions a year I got to choose wisely in that, right. you know, I, I can't just be going everywhere. And so if, if I've got a choice of going to a, a San Diego where I'll be all but ignored or going to, I mean, I've done small little shows where I've done really well because the people there are there because they want to be there and they love this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I, I try to look like in the area, even maybe up in South Carolina for me, you know, where I don't have to drive too far, but I am willing to put at least a hundred miles to try to find a small convention again. I, I, I prefer it. You, there's much better chance of actually getting to see someone. There's not 5,000 people jockeying for a five minute window and the people like, seem nicer that the artists seem more relaxed when there aren't 10,000 people clamoring all over the place. And then, you know, people aren't trying to crawl over each other to get somewhere. So, I mean, I even try around here to find the more, you know, better time investment for what I'll actually be able to see and interact with. So. Well, sweet. <laughs> I said, at this point, I, I don't even know where I'm going. I was, I was planning on going to New York, um, well, but I'll keep an eye on it. If it looks like it's going to be a nightmare this year, then I might just skip it. Yeah, and, and like I said, I mean, I've never been, so I don't have a personal opinion. I just saw that something about there wasn't an artist alley, so that's why I wanted to get your take on it. I figured you'd at least been there. and you know. uh, Yeah, I've been there other years, so uh, this, would be a, this would be the first where I would go there, and it doesn't have that going on. Uh, but, you know, there was a, a learning curve there. Their first couple of years, uh, they got closed down because there was, there was too much, too many people and too little space. Um, but it's just that the show keeps growing and growing. In terms of attendance right now, they're actually, uh, they, were, they had more attendance in San Diego. So wow. that's, that's a pretty, pretty big deal. So, yeah. Okay. Well, on well, the other thing, I was, <laughs> on, on other things, I was going to say, uh, and I don't mean to make it sound like an interview, um, but. Well, that, it, it can be that. Whatever. I don't want it. Yeah, but I also don't want it to turn into like, all right. So with certain people that I've grown up admiring and you are in that and I'm not going to fanboy all over you but you are in that field of like holy crap like when i told people i knew who who we were having on the podcast today they just like this look and they were like what and i'm like i know right so um <laughs> uh i was gonna say i was looking today did you see because i don't want it to turn into like a formal interview because i'm nervous or just a fanboy thing like we were talking about like everybody knows 
about image everybody knows about savage yeah unfortunately there do end up being this kind of small group of questions that get asked again and again right you know and it's like do we really need to go over how this all came together it just seems like people's time would be better spent you know watching that image documentary or or whatever getting that information it's out there um you don't need to hear it from me firsthand Exactly. So what I was going to say was, did you see the stuff with X-Men Gold, number one, that came out today? Uh, apparently, like, one of the artists got in a r- lot of trouble. Um, they're throwing yeah, around. Yeah, I mean, that, that sort of thing, that sort of thing kind of happens when you've got people, <laughs> creative people or otherwise. Yeah, I, mean, I was reading it. <laughs> and I was like, now, like, the verse on Colossus' shirt that's pretty blatant. Um, you know what, though? If you're if you don't know that stuff and that's not part of your world, then it's not going to. Those are just you. numbers and letters, and it doesn't mean anything to you. Right. You might just sit there and go, "Oh, that must be some some team that that he played on when he was when he played, you know, when the when the player played baseball himself, when the artist did something himself on some other." form in a format or something right uh, must, you know he's just slipping in some little side joke to himself you know those numbers on that building uh, i mean what buildings can't have addresses now who i wouldn't have thought for a second oh these numbers probably mean something and i should check out and see what these numbers mean if if an artist wants to slip something by they're gonna do it it's not right. that it's not that difficult to do it, especially if it's just just letters and numbers that don't mean anything to the casual observer. Exactly. It's like it's like burning down a baseball stadium in anger because somebody wore a rainbow wig and had John three sixteen on a on a clapboard. I mean it's it's the same thing. You when people see that they don't like lose their minds. The one thing where I thought they were going too far is is somebody was like well, in the panel, and I, I don't mean to do that voice, but people who <laughs> who complain about stupid stuff in my voice instantly in my head become mouth breathers. So yeah. I always picture the, well, in the panel where Kitty Pride is standing in front of the store, you notice her body blocked out the oolery in jewelry, so it just said Jew in the window, and I'm like, come, I mean, really? I highly yeah. doubt he was like, well, how can I lay out this panel to be the most innocuous. Well, he, he might have been because of, because of the other stuff he's slipping in there. But yeah, but I mean, like, I don't know. I I just I mean, remember it's, a it's time. It's photograph. You know, a photograph. You can you can go okay. That that could be that could be an ac- accident. He's drawing it. That's purposeful. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like, he wasn't encouraging any sort of like real-world anti-Semitic behavior or endorsing any sort of, like, idealistic violence. So, like, I can see people being like, oh, that was kind of iffy. But then again, it's like, you know, it is a Stan Lee book and to see anti-Semitism in a... Like, I can see both sides of it. I just... And then I, I guess I read a thing where the dude, like, copped to all of it. And he was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did it. But, yeah. Like, I don't know. It, our climate's just gotten so 
like touchy and toxic and that's why when we were talking i pitched that question that i was going to ask like writing for a non-specific group like for fans you know that there's going to be people on both sides yeah of our dumpster fire of a society right now like oh yeah has that become has a have you ever run into that like where somebody like flipped out on one side or the other and um i haven't really run it most people are really civil in person and uh really really brave when they're typing on their computer (laughs) (laughs) you know but it's one thing to be like uh i'm gonna confront this guy when you physically see him you know it's like huh you know i was gonna give that guy a bunch of crap but seeing that he's six foot two and 240 pounds maybe not so much (laughs) yeah the internet reminds me have you seen the have you seen the the meme go by where it's like the little kid looking up at the giant kid in school and he like he calls him a gay epithet and says something about his mom and underneath it just says and that was the day that Johnny forgot he was on the internet. <laughs> like, like yeah, that's about where we're at. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering is it hard I mean, like, do you find it difficult to write in a creative space where people are so divided and so looking for something to be pissed off about? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. You know, you just <laughs> you just deal with deal with whatever it is as it as it shows up and try to be a civil human being when in person and and whatever, you know? Uh, I mean, uh. yeah, I mean, but I mean, like, that's where I'm at. Like, there are times where I where I see like something like that go by, and the only thing I can think to type is like, I miss the '80s and the '90s, like so uh. bad, like society wise. Like, yeah, crappy stuff happened, but we didn't like try to burn down the house because of it. Like, I I don't know. It's well, it's definitely a different kind of environment than it than it had been at at kind of any other point you know just that that we've got sites where where you know you're encouraged to get outraged and encouraged to go there because you're outraged and you're always following these these links that are here or there for this reason or that and it's it's just kind of trying to make americans kind of more divisive and more capable and more of this and that and and when it comes right down to it most of us want the same stuff you know it's like i want my family to feel safe okay got it we're all on that i want my family to be able to eat food that is not going to poison them got it down to that you know and it's when you when you go down the, the shopping list of all this stuff that people would like in their lives and how they would like to live. We're all pretty much on the same page for the most part. I mean, there's probably a couple things where people will go, well, I don't want that guy having something that I don't, that I don't have, you know, it's like, all right, well, (laughs) all right, well, welcome to whatever. (laughs) Welcome to human history. You want something that somebody else has. There's there's inevitably going to be somebody who's going to get something that you feel is undeserved. Um, But that's, that's reality, you know? Yeah. And, and like, 
you, you just want to tell them, like, you realize that you're yelling at a side that is being told the exact opposite of what you're being told to be angry at. And everybody who's telling you guys to be angry at each other are literally sitting back, shaking hands over business dinners and, like, making billions off of the traffic on their channels and their magazines and their websites and their ad space. And all they're doing is telling you to be mad at that guy for something. And he's being told to be mad at you for something. And But it's like, what what I don't like to see is like, pop culture, comic culture, video games, movies, TV, that's all supposed to be the escape. You know, I mean, I work a 40-hour-a-week job. I had to walk today multiple stores with an entire executive team that all came from out of state, right? So when I sit down and want to unplug, I don't want like I don't want that in my in my TV. I don't want it when I pick up a comic book. I don't want it when I play a video game. I don't care. Like in well, the long run, and just but I to see some it. extent, tough shit. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have to pick different different stuff too, because right. not everybody's gonna go. I'm on board with that. Artists and creators and everything. They they everybody's got their own point of view, their own stories that they want to tell, and ultimately, you know, somebody's gonna come along the the, the road and going, hey. Uh, the government's stepping in and keeping these people from building this pipeline or, or encouraging their guys to build this pipeline or, or, or whatever it is, there's probably a story in there that we can put into our comic book. And it's like, okay. <laughs> from today's headlines, there's always been those, those right, kinds of but see, that, that doesn't bother me as much as, like, I guess it's, it's the dreaded eye-roll comment of, like, the touchy-feely PC stuff invading, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, if, if you want to tell something relevant, I mean, I'm ex-military, so I know, I know how screwed up outside of our country is. I know our society looks bad, but I know how screwed up other places are, and I know that a lot of our interventions didn't help. So those are stories. Heck yeah, like artists are free to tell whatever story they want. But stop putting like the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad stuff in it. Because I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't even know the, the, the Pepsi thing. I guess I didn't pay any attention to that. Uh, it, look, what, if, what, I didn't, what, if I didn't what, live <laughs> on Twitter mining for guests that I actually wanted to talk to, I wouldn't either. I'm a 36-year-old curmudgeon. Like if it wasn't for... For using Twitter to actually get in touch with people that I want to talk to with, with the show that, that we're building, I, I wouldn't be on it. So, like, I don't know. I guess there's this thing. She did a commercial where, like, she's doing a photo shoot. But before that, there's, like, this generically written inspirational song playing through the whole thing. And all these people are, like, doing a protest but if you've watched any of the news channels or seen any of the internet videos, this is like a protest that would have broken out at Lollapalooza where everybody agreed on the same thing and wasn't really protesting. Like, there's like, I swear I saw a guy doing like devil sticks in the back. And it's supposed to be like the serious protest. And like, so she's like doing this photo shoot and she sees this protest. And she rips her wig off and wipes the lipstick off and 
goes and joins this protest where everybody is clapping each other on the back, smiling, shaking hands, and like dancing to a fat boy slim song is what it looks like. And uh-huh. and then they come up to this line of cops that for no reason are in this line just looking all stern and hateful because in reality, this is the happiest protest that ever happened. Nobody's throwing rocks. Nobody's insulting the cops. Everybody's like shaking hands and playing hacky sack and da-da-da-da-da. And she hands the cop a Coke and he, a Pepsi, and he opens it and drinks it. And then, like, the crowd cheers, like, the cop drinking a Pepsi just fixed what all these protests are about. Like, racial subjugation and and women's marches were all fixed because one cop drank a Pepsi. And. Well, goddamn. Right. That's what's got to go on. Okay. You gotta hand out more Pepsis. So here's what happens. I can't drink that stuff. Here's what happens, right? Pepsi walks into a room with it in their hands and they're like, look at our baby. We made a thing. And the left wing and the right wing looked at each other and they were like, 12 hour truce. Shook hands and just crapped down Pepsi's throat like so hard for it. Like, everybody got mad and it was hilarious to watch because i'm like you realize that like the people who burn each other's house down on twitter like shook hands for like at least it did its job it brought people together unfortunately it was to hate the company that was trying to bring them together and they ended up like pulling the ad and then like your police department san francisco police department's like suing pepsi because they oh, used yeah? their yeah they used their like their SWAT uniforms and badge likenesses without getting permission to use them. So, like, on top of Kendall Jenner burning out in disgrace, this ad getting pulled, all the revenue lost because they shot this super fancy commercial and then couldn't show it. Now they're getting sued by the San Francisco Police Department for, like, I'm telling you, like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's why I say, remember the 80s and the 90s when people just enjoyed things? And not everything had to become a five alarm society fire to put out. Uh, all the good old days. That's what I'm saying, man. Like I swear, you guys have it made because you can shut that stuff off if you if you want to. I know there's a lot of creators that stay very politically involved, and that's cool because that's our right. Like me not yeah. wanting to see it, by no way. Do I think it infringes on the right of people who are going to make it? Because that's just as ignorant as anything else I'm against. But, like, it must be nice to be able to tune that out and just, like, saw out on creating something and bringing it to life. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, well. To me, you guys sit in, like, almost lofty positions of being like, yeah... I'm going to go make something awesome. Like, you guys deal with all of that. I'm going to go to my desk board, put on some music, and just create something awesome for a little while. But you guys have fun. Yeah. So, do you have any other projects other than um, Dragon going right now? Not at the moment. I'm I'm gearing up to do Ant, but it's been a long process. It's it's just been get, getting all my ducks in a row to get that one done is it's it's just been a lot of stuff because I'm tr- also trying to get a 
Savage Dragon is closing in on issue 225, and 225's another big issue, so I got... I got a lot of I got a lot of work that goes into that so that I can get it done so that I can get on to doing some other stuff and having you know other other projects that I'm working on. Yeah, man, but definitely. Because there's just so much so much to do and so many hours in a day and and. Uh. <laughs> so I was gonna ask, yeah. Instead of asking like, what was it like to start Image? I was gonna ask like, how hard is it to for to to bring something to market like that like even with savage dragon like i just know i get to go in and be like wow look at these really cool ones and pick out which books i want but like yeah i mean on on, on this end once the train's running it's pretty it's it's not that difficult to keep the train going but it's getting the getting it going in the first place doing that first issue um is is more difficult than doing you know an issue 226 or or whatever uh because once it's going you've got all these things in place so that you can keep it going you've got various characters that are pissed off at each other you've got motivation for all sorts of things you've got all the pieces in place all the different characters all the uh, all the relationships all this stuff that that's surrounds your characters you so you go well what is my character's background where is he from what's he want to do where is this all going and when you're when you're starting a book new you've got to make all that stuff you're you're building the foundation on which everything is is being built you know and it needs to be able to support everything that that comes after so starting a, a first issue a real first issue not a you know not a marvel or dc first issue where you're you're just essentially taking what what existed already and continuing it but calling it an issue one but when you're really starting something over again or some starting something from scratch there can be a lot of uh thought a lot of preparation that goes into making that happen and it can be it can be a long process and complicated most definitely so what was it like you relaunch I, I mean i don't i don't know how you would term it i know i i have the issue from 2015 but you you kind of um almost like rebooted or relaunched savage dragon right um not in any extent that i would think of it <clears throat> okay because the the free comic book day issue from 2015. I don't know. It just kind of gave the air that maybe it was. Well, it's. I mean, it's. Start. It continues the events that have gone on before. Okay. It's dragons. It's dragon's son is now. He is becoming a police officer, but those pieces were in place. Right. You know that the the police station and and the people who are in that police station and work there. Those those are characters that that pre-exist. Malcolm Dragon was was you know born in issue whatever it was thirty four whatever. Yep. So he he exists. We've got to see him grow up. We we know his relationships. We know his 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 life. His girlfriend. His you know all the pieces of it are are already there. 
So to go, okay, he's joining the, the police force, while that part of it may be new to some extent, his, his dad was in the police force, his, and all these other characters were all just part of the book and have been part of the book. So it's not really the same thing as, as starting something from scratch. That's why I was kind of framing it weird because I knew, yeah, I mean, I wasn't saying it was like, like a full reboot. I was just, it, it, it had a different tone because it was the sun. Yeah, I mean, it's so. it's starts something, it starts something new, but everything starts. There's always something new that's, right, that's exactly. going on to some extent. You know, there's constantly new characters that are being introduced at any point. Um. And it's, you know, that's part of the fun of, of doing this stuff is to being able to have it be new while it's old, you know, and that, and, and do different stuff with it. Right. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's what I was. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I don't, I've kind of gotten out of collecting, um, two kids and, and everything, <laughs> everything else takes. Yeah. That's, you don't need to collect any more kids. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, my wife was like, stop collecting random kids. No, um, like I, I, I kind of got out of it for a while. So when I picked that one up, that's why I was asking. Cause I was, I was, I was like, well, this is a completely different take, at least for me. But that's just because sometimes I have spurts where I have to grow up and, and stop, yeah, well, no, it's, stop collecting it, the things I loved and you fall out of it. And then you try to get back into it and you're like, Oh, Oh, it, it's it's different. So, like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because because for if you're a new reader and you've never read a book before, you've never read it at all. It, in a way, it's kind of easier for you than if you're a guy who's who read it for a few years and then stopped for a bunch of years and then you're reading it again because the guy who's coming at it new doesn't have all these questions like who are all these guys and where did they come from and Exactly. What are the, how come how come everything's changed from the way it was before? The 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 new guy he's just approaching it all like, oh, this is all just new. I don't, I don't I'm being introduced to all this stuff. Whereas the guy who's been reading it for a while or, or used to read it is going, well, what happened to to, to the Papa Dragon? How come he's in right. jail? How come he's all skinny? And how come this that and the other thing? Are God and the devil going to come back and fight again? Because <laughs> no. like yeah, like that, that was a, that was a one time. That was a one time. <laughs> I, I think know, right? I'm kind of in the in the uh, opinion that Galactus would have been a lot more effective had Galactus appeared once, and that was the end. <laughs> right. you know? hey, it's that, just like oh, there's that legendary Galactus guy. Hey, you better be that him quote unquote unbeatable planet eater. Yeah, let's go beat him again. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> once you showed up like 46 times, and you keep getting rid of him it's like come on man don't even pretend that you that you can't do this you know you're a badass because you're getting your butt kicked every goddamn time you step outside exactly or you know you could do the x-men trope of like uh how do we end this time travel time travel distortion throw them (laughs) somebody went back or somebody went forward and this is how we explain this yeah yeah Oh, here we go again, yeah. <laughs> right? Jesus Christ, you guys travel through time more than Dr. Frickin' Who. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, but but I totally see where, where you're getting at with that, because like, I grew up on the original Star Wars, 
And now that the generation's hitting their 20s and 30s who grew up with the prequels, like Steps, my co-host, if he ever, if he can ever get on, I was, we were talking to another guest and, and we were just decimating the, the prequels because we're from the same age group. And I think it's like, it's almost like a knee jerk reaction to be like, Jar Jar Binks can go fuck himself. Ah, you know? And, but he was like, well, those were the first Star Wars I got to see with my dad in a movie theater. So I like those movies. Yeah, and well, it was like a moment of like, oh, I'm a total shit bag. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean my my kids didn't get to see Star Wars in the theater. That's just that's just reality. They couldn't they couldn't get they couldn't do that. Their their Star Wars is whatever's new now. Well, the Force Awakens and Rogue One. Yeah, I mean they got to see the 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 prequels as as real little kids, but it's like, yeah, that's that's no good. this is not why we loved it for 20 years i swear this is not why we've loved it for 20 years when the prequels started coming out yeah i I mean i think i was already like a senior in high school or something when when phantom menace came out i knew i was still in high school and so excited like somebody there was lines for the movie theater at the mall uh in massachusetts where i grew up i'm a boston boy and somebody had like hand drawn this huge Darth Maul picture that they saw in the trailer on the wall, and we all got in there and we were just looking at each other like nerd boners, fully erect, like holy <laughs> crap, new Star Wars, and everybody left, and it was just like we just sat through the saddest funeral. Like the kids were running out, and they were like, "Yeah, I'm Jar Jar, and I'm Watto, and pod racing's cool," and the rest of us were just like, "What the hell just happened?" Uh, yeah. like, the fight part was cool. The yeah. the three way fight was no, cool. There's, but... there's a little bit. There's there was like okay, I like this part. All right. <laughs> Why was like, there so much talk about taxes? What the hell was yeah. that about? Yeah, who cares? But yeah, so like I can see that. Like what you were saying, people getting into a series now. Like I I go to the comic book store every once in a while, and. I just get overwhelmed because, like, I remember as a kid, you could be like, okay, so I'm going to get X-Men, and because it was the 90s and the 80s, foil cover special that's going to be worth something someday, but it's really not. Uh, The X-Force foil cover that's going (laughs) to be... Like, there was, like, specific brands, and you go in now, and it's like, hey, do you have the new da-da-da? Which one? What do you yeah, mean? Which one? That, that, that's kind of that's kind of a little natty where you just go. There's there's, there's four to five Batman. And there's all X Men Blue. And there's <laughs> other X Men stuff. And which team is where? And what do they look like? And that's just what it. Like, I asked about Batman, and they were like, "Well, do you want the Dark Knight? Do you want Batman Eternal? Do you want Batman and Robin? Do you want Batman and Superman? Do you?" I was like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah. Well, the, the problem is, is they they haven't really been able to make anything else that's worked, and that's that's a that's a problem. Because I mean, ideally, they'd be they'd be just doing, hey, there's a bunch of new characters, and you know, if you if you don't if you don't like if you don't like this, you can buy that, and there's there's all this other stuff, and we're trying out all this this new new stuff out. But the problem is that, that 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 readers have shown no. Here's we're willing to, to buy Superman. We're willing to buy Batman. We're willing to buy uh, Spider Man and X Men and, and and you see certain things 
So if they've got six things that each company that, that really sell and they got six more that kind of sell, that's what they end up doing in, in doing that in abundance. And that's sad. Like, um, I remember when, when image came out and I promise we're not going to do the thing, but I like for me, you know, you guys, you guys launched at the time when my own punk rockness was hitting due to age, a new influx of this thing called testosterone and a new idea of like defiance and damn the man. So like, you know, like this label came out and it was like, these comics are not the other ones. Like, holy crap, they're really aggressive. They're really this. They're, it's not like superficial stories. It's not. So I always kind of stuck with that and moved away from DC and Marvel and have always kind of preferred like the Valiant and the Image and the Dark Horse and the Top Cow. And and what I like is when you go into a comic store, the two big publishers take up most of the wall because there's 80 different variants but you can get like, yeah, there may be a bunch of image comics on the wall, but they're all different stories. So it's yeah, like, I like that. You know, it's like yeah, there's a bunch of image comics. I miss maybe that. we are putting out you know forty or forty or fifty books a month, but those are forty fifty books where there's just the one book with the one character. There aren't multiple Savage Dragon books. There aren't multiple Spawn books. There aren't multiple Invincible books. And or, I think the fiction is better for that, you know? I, I think it is, too. You know, if, if I'm into Saga, I can just get Saga. What a good book. If I'm book. into Snot Girl, I can just get Snot Girl or Southern Bastards or The Walking Dead or whatever else, you know? It's Southern like, Bastards you, is good. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, there's some there's some good stuff that's, that's coming out from this company, you know? It's like... And, and it's nice to be able to just go, I just read Moonshine. That's all I want to read because I love 100 Bullets and I'm going to buy Moonshine. I was about to say guys. 100 Bullets. Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> it's like if you like that book, you can transfer right over to, to liking this other book that they're doing on, at Image, but they own themselves and you enter that world and you're you're part of that for the duration of the comic book. And that's the only place you're going to get that it's just that one comic and uh, you know beyond that there, there's there's nothing else there's nothing else that's like it and that, that's great and then and then there's a bunch of other books that are that have that too where it's the, its own thing and you can be into that particular book and and just get get enveloped in that universe and then it, and then it's gone, you know. Go and go and read something else. It doesn't all have to be this the same goddamn characters over and over. Five years of celebration edition. <laughs> it's like God. Seventy five years of this guy with the same twelve bad guys. Who you know what? Yeah, in reality, he, he would have just shot in the face and been done with. Yeah. Well. I mean, yeah, and, they, and I understand. There's, there's, there are limits to what they can do. I, I get that, you know, and and that that's a real problem that that they've got right now is that uh, they, they don't have a, a ne- the next group of creators sitting there going, yeah, we're gonna create the next Joker for you, and he's gonna be every bit as cool as this Joker. We're just gonna give you all this cool stuff, and you'll be able to make millions off of it because. 
the, the reality is that creators have seen other creators get the shaft over the years at those companies and get nothing for their efforts. And they're not willing to do that. They're, they, if they've got something that's as cool as, as Batman or as cool as the Joker or as cool as Spider-Man, they're going to go do that themselves at their, another company where they can own and control it themselves. Why would they take it to, to Marvel or DC? Why would they just want to you know, be part of the board and feed that machine when they can right. do some stuff? You know, I mean, really, the only new creations you're seeing over it at Marvel Comics nowadays is what Spider Gwen. Oh, don't yeah, Gwenpool, oh. and, and you know things like that. And it's even like, then, it's not their own; it's variations of an art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's variations like on a theme. Bastardization. It's, it's, it's absolutely. It's like you know, how many different ways can you wrap up? Batman. It's like, oh, I'm pink Batman. I'm running around in my pink uniform doing pink shit. Pink it's shit. Like, I'm doing pink shit. <laughs> you know, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Get the Batmobile, Robin. We're going to do some pink shit tonight. God, will never be the same. You gotta go stop some pink crimes going on. <laughs> yeah, but like, that one got out of control because then you had like eight Robins, the Batman Ink Nightmare. So like, I guess... Yeah. Even back then, I kind of saw it coming, but they kind of got up their own rear ends, and I think that's why I ended up, like, I have, my comic collection kind of stops at at high school, and now it's something that people look at, and they're like, holy crap, you have this, and I'm like, yeah, but I've had it forever, (laughs) my collection is mostly, like, I have stuff from Valiant, and I know people who say they like comics, and they've never even heard of Valiant. Yeah. And, and you know they've never heard of um, continuity comics and yeah, well. Top Cow. You you say Top Cow and they're like, oh, do they do like the kid cartoons? And you're like, sit down. Um, <laughs> like, you know, like, but I mean, like IDW is doing some cool stuff, but they're taking franchises that people love and doing their own spin on it because like the TMNT yeah. they're doing is not, you know, the cartoon. Um, TMNT. It's 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 the stuff that Eastman and Laird were doing. It's stuff that you don't necessarily want the kid who watches the show on Nick to read um, for his age bracket. So, like, I've always been more into what the business model you, you know you guys have had for years is, and now in the environment, it's way more appealing to me because, like you said, I'm on limited resources because I have a family. I I'm not going to buy twenty variant books to keep up with the character. I'm going to find one really badass story and stick with that and not have to worry about when the two other versions of this catch up. They realize it's gotten too big and then I have to read about how they're going to blow their universe apart again. Except for one small speck in which they'll build it all up so they can burn it all down ten years later. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I, I, I grew up with all that stuff. That was part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, all, all of these stuff, we all got into doing comics and wanting to be part of this thing because we loved it when we were kids, you know? But when I was a kid, uh, you know, there was a bunch of Spider-Man books, but it wasn't that crazy amount of Spider-Man books, you know? It's like Spider-Man had two or three titles at that point, but that was it. And they were 30 cents, you know? Right. So it's like, 
I can, I can afford that. But yeah, now it's I, like, yeah. you know, all the comics are, are, they cost so much. And to enjoy them, you need to buy so many that it's, it's kind of hard to keep track of them all. But I mean, I, it's got to be more expensive to bring to market, though. Like, I mean, if you look at the quality of the books, you know, n- 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 not just being drawn. Like, art has changed dramatically. Stuff oh, yeah. is being drawn today. Um, you know it. Like, stuff that's... Because, you, you know, you do script and, and you draw. Stuff yeah. being drawn today, you know, people who don't know will look at something like Jack Kirby and they'll be like, so primitive. And you're like, you shut your mouth, Ethan. But, that, like... <laughs> You know, like the amount of detail, the the different things that are being used to produce the colors that are available, and and you know, I I can't I I can kind of see why they cost so much per issue now, you know, but j- just to keep up with with the times, but yeah, there's just if you're well, asking four ninety nine factor is sales bigger than anything else is sales because right. of the sales are at the level they're at. That's the price of admission that that they have to charge. I was actually going to ask that with the advent of how popular this stuff is now, um, where the nerds finally came out of the lockers and raised their hands to the sky and screamed, "We won the culture war!" Um, you but know. they did because the comics aren't available everywhere anymore. Exactly, they I was going to say that you could get them at every every location, and you can't. So now that now that comics are only available in specialty shops, and now that uh, a a runaway hit is selling thirty thousand copies instead of you know, you know hundreds of thousands, those numbers just don't add up to guys being able to to sell this stuff for pennies a serving. But they have to charge a lot. In do you order think to make the, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to cut you off. That's all right. Do you think the industry did it to themselves? And, and my example is this. Oh, sure. <laughs> they Absolutely. Killed, remember when they killed Superman in 75, the action comic 75 or whatever? Okay. That thing was so overprinted, and it was supposed to be worth so much money. I was young enough to be like... I'm going to buy all the things for that. So, like, I had multiple copies of it. I had the black bagged book with the armband and the poster and the tissue to blow your nose on when you finished reading it and the and the da-da-da. And I remember, like, everything was a foil cover. Everything was holograms or it came in a poly bag already before you even paid for it with a card in it and this and that. And it just got so oversaturated do you think it was almost like an Atari-like crash for video games? Like oh, yeah, it was, sure. And the, the good thing about the death of Superman was that at least they got the word out and the, the audience showed up to buy the death of Superman in the store. So they had the product and they were able to move it. Where they really fell apart was the return of Superman, which mm. they had promised to be an even bigger event. It wasn't a bigger event because they've had 40 years of Superman comics where he was alive and nobody gave a shit. So him coming back is basically saying, oh, you're telling us that you lied to us and we're supposed to care that you've, that you've got this character back? We don't care. 
And so stores bought too much of it. The product wasn't returnable. And stores went out of business because they were too invested and had bought too much product, which was which they couldn't get rid of. And ultimately, they couldn't pay their bills. And that led to stores going away. I mean, a number of stores went out of business with, uh, um, with Jim Lee's X-Men number one. That was promised as being this, this huge thing. They'd hype the crap out of it. And a different first version of the first issue came out over successive weeks. I and, know all of them. You know, while people may have clamored for it and bought it the first week, <laughs> the next week it was the same comic with a different cover, and that wasn't enough. I was and, that sucker, and, man. You know, they, they were there a little bit for the, for the cover that had Wolverine on it, but even so... There is an awful lot of those comics that are readily available, and that did a lot of people in. There were people who invested the hell out of it, and there were stores that thought it was going to put them, you know, in in the in the big house, and it didn't mm-hmm. do it. And and that's been the, the the problem that that comics have had again and again and again is just banking on greed and. And hoping the hell that that this time they're, they weren't lied to, and that this time it's going to be a, a huge collector's item. And really, the only time that the, those have happened that, that it's been these real collector's item or been this thing that people really ended up wanting are these little cases where people put out some book that happens to be really good, and people just want it over time you know it's like the, the walking dads and the sagas and and those little titles that just kind of snuck in under the radar right and look back at later and go god damn i wish i would have invested in teenage mutant ninja turtles number one what was i thinking you know and it's those those little things that caught people by surprise and those those were worthwhile I have a heartbreaking story about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number one and a boy becoming a man and leaving his parents' house and and the comics that were there um, being trashed when the parents moved houses. I don't even want to talk about what I lost. But, um, uh, well, <laughs> uh, let me tell you about this house that I used to have that burned to the ground. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I had my I had my teenage Ninja Turtles number one. Oh, <laughs> oh, there was all sorts of things. There's just like oh well, like you know they yeah, but they threw away my childhood, which could be my kids' college, because it wasn't yeah. just Ninja Turtles one. Like I had a paper route, right? My dad, I love him because yeah. he bred in a good work ethic. But I had a paper route, so I had all the free money that an eight to ten year old boy would need, who was into comic books and toys, right? So yeah. what got thrown away when they moved without even asking me first yeah. was well, well, welcome to <laughs> welcome to whatever yeah all the metal Gen One Transformers yeah the entire yeah. line of Thundercats all the real Ghostbusters uh-huh. uh, the original He Man the original Ninja Turtle line not all the weird variants where they were like let's put Michelangelo in space those idiots will buy that um, but like the real Ninja Turtle line, I had 
sl- um, boxes of <laughs> comics that are like worth stuff now because it wasn't the death of supermans it wasn't the you know it was the ones that you can't find anymore it was yeah. the, the little one to two three like the the very first time they brought out cloak and dagger and gave them a limited series like stuff like that not like oh yeah i have x-men number one because in my house right now when you were talking about the jim lee thing that's why i laughed i was that sucker I have all four variant covers and then the one cover that folds out that holds all the variant covers on one cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, we were all there. I'm that guy. <laughs> I was that guy. But, yeah, I don't have that anymore because uh, that was right when that was when my house burned down. So. Oh, you weren't kidding, dude. I'm sorry. That sucks. No, 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 absolutely. No, no my house burned down in 1991. I was, uh, I was working on Spider-Man at the time and, uh, yeah, I lost I lost whatever comics I had and whatever comics my dad had because I inherited his comic book collection. Oh no! Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had comics dating back to the 1940s that all went away. So like, yeah, like the stuff I have now that's old. I I, I have one box, right? And. It's got your early stuff in there. I mean, if that's my fanboy moment of the podcast is the stuff that I kept that I took with me out of my parents' house when I left to go to the Army. And stuff happened where I I didn't go back to Massachusetts. I met my wife, you know, 12 years ago, fell stupidly madly in love with her. And she lived in Georgia. So I was like, no question, I'm going to Georgia where, you know, you are. Yeah, here you go. The books I brought with me, a lot of them are the older Savage Dragon books and a lot of like, I I mean, people look at it now and, and they can say what they want about 90s comics and da 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 but like, I have a lot of the Wildcats and the Youngbloods. I, I liked the X-Force and the X-Factor stuff. I thought they were still mutants, but they were a little, they weren't homogenized for the masses as much as X-Men was so that it was a broader appeal. Um, I had a lot of Spawn. I, I do like Todd McFarlane's artwork, but I got way more into Chapel. Um, I got way more into Chapel, the which I think was an offshoot of Spawn because he showed up in Spawn and then got his own book. And it was a short run series. I don't know if they picked yeah. it up for a continuity, but the Chapel stuff that I have, it was only like a four to six parter. So it's like the stuff that I really liked. And it's funny, you look and almost none of it's Marvel or DC. All the stuff that I've kept since I was a kid that I still have now is like valiant continuity and image. So there's something about y'all's model that I guess appeals to people like me more than, than DC and Marvel. And it just looks like you guys have a, have a better time writing. You guys have more longevity. (laughs) Well, like, yeah, like your, your attrition rate is like nothing compared to them. Like it's like, finding the place where you want to stay i guess it, and that's rare in any profession to find a place where you're willing to just like hunker in and be like not that i'm going to do this trade but i'm going to do this trade here you know yeah. yeah no it's it's been great it's 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 been awesome you know you I mean, know I've, I've gone from I, I i you know the whole the whole process of life when i got married when I started this company, I, I was I got married shortly thereafter, so I 
kind of started. I was a I was a kid in my twenties when Image started, mm-hmm. and, and you know, just it's grown up with me, and I and and all the rest, and and I've been having my my characters age as the, as the book goes on. So I love that. By the way, characters grow up. I grow up, and and it's it's been kind of fun to to see this whole organic process. Of, I love that. By the way. I love that about about your your books, and I love that about the books that do that. You, a lot of books to get stuck in that weird Simpsons phenomenon of yeah, yeah. Bart was yeah, older than me when it came on, and now I'm looking at forty in a couple years, and Bart is still ten. Like, yeah, I uh, like seeing organic. That's growth. how that works, and and it was always this thing of when I was a kid, you know, you know, people even then were just going. Oh, wouldn't it be cool if Spider-Man grew up as I grew up? You know, when I was a kid, Spider-Man was in—he was in college. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like he hasn't really changed that much. You know, by the time I started reading comics, Franklin Richards was already born. He already existed. He was already a, a little kid. He's still a little kid. Right. <laughs> And you know, I think it kind of like stuff has gone on, but yeah, it's like limits your fiction. Because at the same time, they're they're not confined by the realities of, of the right. real world, where they're just going, yeah, you know what, your your character, you know, you you age because you have to age. Actors age because they have to age. They have no alternative. Or comic books, we don't have to do that. Superman can be twenty nine years old forever, and it's like, yeah, you're right. They can, you can totally do that, and that's and that's awesome. You know, I, maybe I'm being an idiot, but no, excited by by having characters that grow old and die. But I mean, you're right in some ways because you know, comic books have kind of taken the place of of mythology i think for a lot of people i mean you look at their traits and their names and their their backstories the characteristics and their struggles and their challenges it's very much just a retelling of old mythologies just you know in spandex and for the most part but you know i i like frank miller's take on i like seeing a bitter resentful broken down you know cortisone yeah. shot to the knee just to stand up heroes <laughs> like you know almost like the F you to Superman the fact that he's still young and pretty in Frank Miller's you know Dark Knight Returns world because he's an alien so he doesn't age like us and you know here's Batman all grizzled and broken down and bitter and here's Superman still like yeah but it's hard to tell those stories month after month after and year after right. year you know, you can't really, you can't really play that Batman's, you know, two two minutes from retiring for forty for years. Forty years. <laughs> you know, I guess you it's just that like, bad. All right, all right, all right. You know, how many times can can Spider Man toss his costume in the trash? I am Spider Man, no more. Yeah, okay, yeah. for two issues. No more. I am moving on. This time for real. Right. <laughs> But yeah, like <clears throat> I don't know. I I just I love comics, and then at the same time, it's like I think I look for more now. Um, I had a friend bring over. He kind of looked at me funny when I told him I didn't know what he was talking about, and I tried to tell him like, "Dude, I'm not into it like I was anymore." 
he was like, well, have you read Why the Last Man? And I was like, no, I've heard of it. And he just looked at me. He's like, you've heard of it? I'm like, I haven't read it yet. So he brought over like two of the trade paperbacks for me to get into. And I really liked that one. I, I kind of dig the, the Why the Last Man one. And I think that's kind of at the age I'm at. That's what I'm looking for. You know, almost is like the, I want an actual story. I got into fables for a while. And then that started having 18,000 variants. So it kind of, uh, like I missed a month and went back in and I was like, oh, do you have the new fables? And they were like, uh, do you want fairy tale girls? Do you want, um, before the dark one showed up, do you want the thing? And I was like, never mind. Let me get, um, <laughs> new book. Let's find a new book. Cause no, I, I don't. I, I was reading a story. I was reading a story and took it away and made it five stories. I, I don't want that. And I think that's why I've stuck with, with through the years, I always come back to your book and I'm about to start recollecting it. And I'm not saying that just to blow smoke up your ass because you're on here, but (laughs) But, (laughs) dude, you have like one of the longest running books at your label. You know, your book is badass, but um, like it's a singular story. And I think that's more what I'm into. So that that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm tracking down and recollecting things that I enjoyed that, that weren't and and that's what put you back on my radar as I was digging through my box and I started pulling out all these Savage Dragon things and then I saw you on Twitter and I was like, I have a podcast now, like <laughs> I can talk to him and not just about like the Chris Farley SNL thing. We're like, remember when you made that thing? <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, no, but like. <laughs> But, like, this guy's creativity really struck a chord with me. I enjoyed his book when I was younger. I sit down and read the old issues. I've got some of the newer ones, and I can get just as into them as then. So, like, let me get in and pick this creative brain because it's obviously something I resonate with. So, like, that's why I reached out. You know, I... I, I mean, no, it's, it's great making this shit, too. It really is. And I you can just... You know, it's... Because it's not owned by anybody, because there's no uh, restrictions put on anything at all, you can really go in any direction and do anything you want to. Right, and it's just your be able baby. to have that completely blank and empty canvas that you can put anything on. It's fantastic, you know? Especially See, if after this length of time, just to be able to go, yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want to for 25 years. Right? And it's like, crap, man. You mean I can pay off stuff that I set up, you know, that long ago? This will be cool, you know? I mean, yeah, dude, that, that's what I mean. Like, that's... For, for somebody into comics and somebody who's always wanted to, like, be involved in them, that's the dream. Like you got people can shoot for their ambitions and be like, I'm going to draw X-Men one day more power to you. If that is what you love, then that is what you love. I've always been more in the camp of, well, I want to make something that's my baby and and raise it. And you know, and if it falls off the slide in year five, when it's a kindergartner and it hits its head, (laughs) <laughs> and it stumbles around, confused for a while, and people get disinterested, whatever. But it was still my baby. See, me, I I can't draw. I draw like 
a mentally challenged Gibbon trying to draw on an orange with a grain of rice. Like, I don't know how much more crazy descriptive on how horribly I draw I can get, but I've always written. And I, everything I keep to myself because I have, it's not an ambition thing. Like, I just write. I just write fictional stuff and I just keep it to myself. And my wife looks at me like I'm crazy and I'm like, I yeah, don't know. I don't know. That's the, great. It's great yeah. to have your own outlet to be able to do that. Exactly. You know? So, like, stuff like you do, that's what resonates with me is like, no, this is mine. In, in a way, I kind of treat this this book like it's a private diary in this weird kind of way. Um, and I realize there are, there, are, there are people who are paying attention, but my, my wife doesn't pay any attention. My kids start paying attention. You know? right. my, my brother and sisters, they're not, they're not paying. So in a, in a way, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm keeping something from, from people that, that they're not really aware of. And it's that that part of it's kind of been kind of been great. I kind of feel like, yeah, I can do anything. I don't. I, nobody's nobody's judging me that that is going to be in my face about it, right? It's, it's, right. <laughs> like yeah, but like I have people all the time. They're like, oh, you should try to link up with this, and oh, you should. I'm like, I'm 36 years old. I have two kids. I already have an established lifestyle I need to maintain to be a good father and adult. I can't take the risk, but hey, you know what? If you guys want to read what I write and enjoy it, that's fine. And I didn't start the podcast to talk to people to be like that guy that's like, so, because, um, because I mean, we've had multiple, you know, like, I mean, we haven't had many episodes, but we've had guests on each one. And I, I don't. I don't have that part of me to like try to. Hey, you want to see a thing I did? Because that—that's yeah. horrifying. Like if somebody did that to me, I'd be oh, like, yeah, no, "Oh it's, God, it's... why are you doing this? I wanted to talk to you. Yeah, why is this happening?" <laughs> but like, yeah, but you know, like I write and and I write for me, so I admire and respect like what you've been able to do. And like I said, I'm not blowing smoke. It's genuinely I admire and respect what you've been able to do with this book. And I think that's why I've read it from the beginning and am going to fully pick it back up because it does resonate with me that the sort of creativity you've used, the independence of it, the that it's its own thing. It's beholden to nothing and it's a good story. Like, I don't know. Like, if I'm going to fanboy out on you over one thing, it's I liked the style. that you used you know i like (laughs) i like to well you know i mean i have kids so like you have to discipline them but there's still that little 16 year old asshole in me that has the the blue mohawk still and and like those books are like those books are where i can tap back into that like Sure, I'm a grown, mature adult, and my kids know that I set bedtimes, and no, you can't watch that, and no, we're not going to buy this, and no, we're not going to do this. So how old are your kids at this point? I have a 10-year-old and a 19-year-old. Oh, wow. So with a 19-year-old, it's the, hey, here's a good advice on you starting your life. Shut up, old man. Which I don't really get that offended with because I was the one saying, shut up, old man. Yeah. You know, and then my 10-year-old, of course, like, she's just, like, have a tea party with me. Okay. 
And then she breaks out her Captain America shield from under her bed and like throws it at my head. And she's like, and now you're a bad guy. And she's like over the table. And I'm dodging Nerf bullets and literally Captain America shields being thrown at my face. Because apparently I don't have pain receptors because I'm a giant toy. Nice. (laughs) So like I have to be that parent, but there's still that 16-year-old dick inside of me this is like you know what i read when i read books and they're just for me that it's like i can still tap into that and be like you're not that old yet you know like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not well, it's weird how that never you ne- that never really goes away you never quite quite graduate to the point where you're like oh i'm an adult now it's official it it just you always feel the same way you did when you were you know 16 years old or 15 years old or 12 years old sitting going, oh. <laughs> right i don't think i don't you think know? certain <laughs> ones of us grow you up know? i think we just get good at pretending yeah something you know like how bruce wayne is really the mask for batman you know like my adult is the mask for the part of me that was at its most invincible that I think I'll always be too afraid to fully let go of. Cause at 16, nothing stops you. You are, you are an invincible force of raw to the universe, no matter what's going on. And I think, I don't know if it's fear of letting that go and like finding out that, yeah, you are just a broken down old man and things hurt that shouldn't hurt because you didn't do much but you're not that person anymore. Like, so it's like, is it a fear to, to say, yeah, all right, I'm at that point. Or did I just get really good at faking it when I need to, you know what I mean? Like existential, existential crises on the happy haven with, with Eric Larson. Who's just like, I thought this guy just liked my fucking comic book. What is happening? Whatever. <laughs> you know? Whatever, man. Whatever floats your boat. <laughs> <laughs> but no, man, it's a, it's a blast finally getting to talk to you. I, I mean, like I said, I've kind of grown up reading, reading your work, and now I'm, you know, turned thirty six this year, and. It looks like I'm going to dive right back into it because, I mean, I have some of the newer ones from that from that free comic book day in May 2015. It was like that thing of like finding like finding a really good vinyl for an album you completely forgot about. Like I saw it on the table at free comic book day and was just like, (gasps) and I was like, oh, my God, this is still a thing. And then I read it and I was like, yeah, that's what it was. That's what it, and it still is so it's like definite rekindled interest and in, like you being gracious enough to come on and let my dumb ass ramble for this long is, is is an honor for me like really well cool man sounds like your uh sounds like your pal never showed up i don't know what happened there i think maybe he was like i'll just let him do this <laughs> it would have completely broken flow like yeah, it's they like the the deeper things we talked about may not have even happened because we were too busy trying to set up like a recorded. And I feel so bad, dude, because like he's younger than me. He turned thirty, but his dad was into comics from our oh, generation man. and my generation, and he grew up with his dad buying your work and his dad loving what you did. 
So, like, him loving what you did in comics tied to his relationship with his dad, like, I feel really bad that he missed out on that because, like, his connection to you is is like a father-son, a father who collected comics and passed that love on to his kid. Like, my dad was like, the hell are you buying those for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's kind of where I, where I was at with is is you know my dad bought comics when he was a kid, so uh, it it was really that situation of him just going, all right, well, if you you kids want to tear into this stuff, go ahead, and we kind of wrecked thousands of dollars of the comics that he had. Yeah, um, <laughs> so yeah. Like, oops. Oh well. My dad's was music. Like, I love vinyl because, not because I wear a pork pie hat and that's the hipster thing to do is to love vinyl now, but like, I love vinyl because that's what my dad, like, that was our thing. Like, he was really into Pink Floyd and Creedence Clearwater. And, you know, as technology changed with music, I watched him dig his heels in and be like, cassettes are great you can put them in the car that's fine but when i'm home there's a warmth to the sound of vinyl and then when cds came out like he was like why is this so sterile and so like you know like he bred that in me where now i like vinyl more than other and i swear you know the day they come out with an ability to play a record um with like a handheld needle where you spin it on your finger like a basketball portable style <laughs> I'll be down with that but yeah so like for Steps um, it, it was like a father son thing his bridge to your work was through his dad who loved it who raised him to love it so like I do hate that that, that part of the conversation was gone but we open door um, all our guests I don't like I said, this podcast isn't to make anybody on our end of it famous or, quote, internet famous. Um, we just see, like, I don't know, this is stuff that I've loved as a child, and podcasting gives you a format as, like, a reach out to talk talk to the people who influenced who you were in your formative years. So, I mean, that that's what I use it for. And, you know, it you put it out, and if it makes somebody else happy, if they're like, holy crap, you know, Eric Larson, and they listen to it and they get something out of it, then that's why we don't monetize anything. We have a website and a blog and this and that, and I have no intention of ever monetizing anything because it, it's a celebration of the stuff that, may, that helped make us who we are. And... Uh-huh. It's, you know, it's the stuff that had an impact on us. And you're definitely in that pantheon for me. And I know you're in that pantheon for steps, too. So. All right. Well, if at some point we could, uh, if you, you want to get the, the other guy on the, on the, on the, on the phone at some point, we could do this again at a later time, too, you know? Definitely. Or, That's what I meant. Yeah. Like, get together and do it again. You know, it'll, it'll be a different conversation because it's a different dynamic. Most definitely. But, you know that's okay too. You you, you uh, got about an hour and a half. But of... it's, thanks for uh, thanks for this. You know it's just it, I mean it's a good conversation. So most definitely, and th- thank you way more than you're thanking me, and I mean that. Um, yeah, like I said, you got an hour and a half of somebody 
really holding back how how much they <laughs> they, they love your work and didn't want to just like make it weird because you know like I've heard episodes of other shows where they've they've gotten guests that actually meant something to them that weren't just popular and out there, but like popular and out there but meant something to them and i've heard it just train wreck and i have been making sure that didn't happen because i definitely have that chris farley character in there that could be like remember remember when you made god fight the devil and that issue that was awesome i could turn into that in a hot second (laughs) but you have you have been awesome i admire your restraint (laughs) man that that'll be for when I hang up the phone and I go downstairs and my wife just looks at me and she goes, "Go ahead," and I spend the next because <laughs> she can you know like I get the five year old kid on Christmas. We had um, uh, Kyle Abair on for our first episode and he's you know the voice actor for Dragon Ball and all the like this crazy list of IMDb credits of video games that I love and uh, and. I was just like this through the podcast and then as soon as the phone hang up I went up I went downstairs and it was like every 4-year-old who's being told that they can't open the Christmas present yet everybody's awake so you're not waiting for people to wake up and everybody's in the living room and the gifts have been handed out but for some reason you can't quite open it yet I guess that was the look I had and she was just go ahead Go ahead for the next half hour tell me how cool everything was and god bless her for her patience with me because i think i do good at camouflaging like we were talking about where i can adult at work and i can be a parent to my kids but i think she sees through it the whole time and she just rolls her eyes like why did i marry this 16 year old idiot in an old man's body (laughs) But yeah, dude, uh, if you're willing to, we'll definitely have you on again. I know he hated missing this, so yeah, if we could work out a way to make it up to him, that would be badass. Uh, All right. Yeah. In the the meantime, I I need to get back to my own mayhem here. I hear you, man. So thank you once again, and uh, I'll definitely reach out, and um, we'll, we'll see if we can do this again with a different conversation. All right, man. All right, dude. Good talking with you. Most definitely, and thank you for your time. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Cool, guys. Well, that was Eric Larson. Uh, like I said, it was awesome to sit down and talk to him for a little while. And uh, definitely have him back on and make it up to steps for not being able to be there. We'll definitely have him on with both of us next time. Uh, Glad he was gracious enough to offer to come back on. Um, Tune in next week. Uh, We'll have Michael Mentime and the team uh, building Mutant Football League once again uh, live from the Ukraine. And we're doing that one on Saturday, so we should have it up by Sunday or Monday. So definitely tune in. Like I said, um, go on iTunes, write us a review. And follow us on SoundCloud and Stitcher as well. Um, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Twitters are uh, Geek Steps for Steps and Gnarly Canary for me. You can also find us on Facebook at buildingabetternerd.com. And on the website, buildingabetternerd.com, where we post articles about uh, cosplay, movies, video games, reviews, commentaries, anything you want. And uh, like I said, none of it's monetized. It's all free. So feel free to swing by any of our outlets, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook and uh, enjoy.
Have a great weekend, guys.